All right, what's up, guys? We're back here, back in the dumpster. We have a special surprise for you guys, um, a big guest. So here we are. Yes. Wow. Not only did Dan win the chain this week for the first time in Dumpster Talk history, but we have a very special guest worthy of Jackson Whole Week who is willing to come join us and uh, leave the in crowd and join us in the dumpster today. He could have hobnobbed with all those wealthy people, but that's not who this guy is. Guy Adami is the regular guy. Fast Money host 15 years, Market Call podcast with Dan Nathan. He's the man who puts fun in finance, doesn't care, calls it like it is, and understands what's really going on. Guys, no, it's not. I'm still waiting. Who's the special guest you guys got coming? I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> it's Melissa Lee. She's on she, the third that would be, screen. Can I tell you something? That would be worth the price of admission. She's actually on, vac she's on vacation this week. She's in, I think she's in Rhode Island or New Hampshire. She has twins, boy and a girl, and so the, the – three of them and her husband. So she, much deserved, well-deserved uh, vacation for her. They grind her She's into the awesome. ground. She just, she handles all of your personalities so yeah, well. Even your multiple them, personalities. Sure. She handles them. She handles them. Well, Guy, we looked you, I mean, I know we're fast money watchers Monday to Thursday. Friday, I hardly ever watch because, you know, you're not there. But... We looked you up on Wikipedia to make sure all the facts were right, right? Guys, that's what we do, right? Yes, Wikipedia is our first. Yeah, you, you, have you ever exactly. looked yourself up? You can up? believe everything you read on the internet. What could be possibly go wrong with that? You know, it's funny you say <laughs> Did that. Did you ever Recently, look yourself a, up? a buddy of mine came to town from Singapore. Um, hadn't seen him. We lived together. We were friends at college. We lived together in the city after college. And he said, have you ever looked at your Wikipedia page? I'm like... But maybe we should take a look. And I looked at it. It's more. I mean, it's, 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 it's mortifying. But you know that shit's out there. I mean, you can't control what's out there. So yeah, yes, oh, is absolutely. the short answer. Well, we have to tell you, we saw all the accolades, but the most impressive thing was the 104 yeah. mm -hmm. pick six against Hastings. Now tell me, is Hastings a hated rival? Was this mm, big? Set so the scene. Because these guys all played football. Oh, they're all meatheads? I love that. They are meatheads. That's fantastic. You had a bunch of – the one guy in the hat – the guy next to you is a wide receiver, no question. <laughs> the, the, the other two guys are, are – those guys are like cornerbacks, I think. Right? Cornerbacks, <laughs> wow. All right. Thank you. Am I close or no? <laughs> no, so, so Westchester fine. County is – I want to say it's 37 – towns in Westchester County, which is a suburb of New York City, um, with 37 public high schools. So you grow up in a certain town, and the town becomes, basically, that's your team, if that makes any mm -hmm. sense. And you start playing yeah. football and basketball and against the guys that you're basically going to play against in high school. So you get to know these people pretty well over the years. CYO is something out here. I don't know if Catholic Youth Organization. Oh, so, oh yeah. we have battles here. So the CYO stuff was pretty hardcore. Um, I know it sounds ridiculous, but actually it was. And so you get, you know, oh, yeah. you get to know all these people in all the various sports. So Hastings definitely was one of those teams, for sure. And it was, yeah, and it's crazy, but it's October, I think, 1981. So it's a 40, 41 years ago, and. Yeah, it's 104. I mean, they were down on our, like, 18-yard line. They threw a couple. I, I knew exactly what they were doing. They threw a couple in routes 
to their tight end incomplete, and I'm like, I know they're gonna go, they're gonna throw it out here, and so I just sort of sat on it and jumped it. Well, and then you, just we went found the, the footage. You no, you didn't. You didn't find this, the footage. But we're showing you the footage. There's right no freaking so way you, you found see. any footage of that. <laughs> you can see the moves. I mean, the moves you have on this play are nuts. We were knocking ourselves out to try to tackle you. We couldn't catch you. We couldn't. And if you move, that's the jersey. I mean, we found the jersey. That's so, so good. So it, it, it's all there, 104 yards. Did you guys win that game? We did. Um, what like, was the I score? want to say it was like 16-10 or something, but yeah. It, it's one of those plays, right? It turns – I mean, look, this is high school football, but it turns, it, it turns, the, whole th- it turns the whole game around. So, And that was pretty cool. I mean, that's one of those things you definitely remember for sure. Yeah, well, when it's funny you say that because I didn't, I wasn't able to make it. I think one of my kids, we were picking, um, I think it was my daughter up from the the airport or something. Anyway, it was our fortieth high school reunion, and you know those stories get better with age. So, as good as the stories are, these kids probably what their four year high school reunion. I mean, put yeah, multiply that by ten, and and that's how much you, that's what you can add to the to the um, the the. I don't know what's I'm looking the word I'm looking for it, the mythology around certain things because you are the king of the 80s and I have like a million questions about the 80s because they need to learn they are newbies on the 80s but Todd had a question that wanted to go to the 80s right there right yep so um, during those times we're in the Volcker rate hike um, the interest rates bounce from like 10 to 20 percent within a year um right now we're only at 2.5 and inflation's worse than it ever has yeah. been that's a great so, question um, how does that even so, work really i mean i don't want to get wonky as hell because i don't want to make your eyes glaze over but if they measured inflation so if they measured inflation today the way they measured it back then they changed the way they measured things i mean real inflation in this country and you can speak to this i mean you see it in your business i guarantee it every day so real inflation uh, it's probably closer to 17, 18%. All right, but let's just, I'll play the game with, you know, 8.5% CPI. Um, the the reality is Paul Volcker came in and did exactly what needed to be done. He was sort of the adult in the room and he didn't kowtow or didn't bow to political pressures. And quite frankly, it was a much different world back then. People were not as fascinated and locked into the markets as they are now. And in today's world, just my opinion, people equate the economy with the market. So if you think about it, um, 68% of the U.S. economy is driven by people buying shit, right? That's literally what it comes down to. And when do people buy things? They buy things when they feel good about the situation, whatever situation they're in. And this is, again, just my opinion, but what what is the one thing most people look at as an indicator for the economy? It's a stock market. And this is not to suggest, by the way, that everybody owns stocks. That's not what I'm saying. But if you look every day, the stock market goes up every single day, effectively, you say to yourself, well, the market's up. The economy must be doing well if the market's higher. And that dude across the street from me just bought that new Ford F-150 or Mercedes. I know how much he makes. I make as much as he makes. So maybe I should be able to buy it as well. That's sort of the mentality that goes through. That's the calculus that people um, run through when they start to think about how things are and what they're capable of and able to buy. That changes 
and it changes precipitously when the market drops. And you go back to October of 2018, uh, Jerome Powell was just recently put in as Fed chair. If you go back into your Google machine, you can look. I mean, he came out in October and said, okay, this is what we're doing. And I'm paraphrasing. We're going to raise rates and we're going to reduce our balance sheet. And he used the term autopilot. And from basically Halloween of that year until Christmas Eve, the market went down 19.9% and consumer spending stopped on a dime. And it's not coincidental. Then a lot of things happen. You know, you got browbeat by the Trump administration. There were a lot of different things. He got spooked by the market. And this is not political. I mean, this is what it was. Yeah, I mean, it's real. If you remember, Trump was saying almost on a daily basis, the Fed should be lowering rates, blah, blah, blah. So Yes. And we had, on we, our side, we had the tariff thing right at the same time, which mm -hmm. killed our business. We got mm -hmm. it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the wheels were set in motion. And, you know, the Fed has been too accommodative for too long. They've They've basically been... Uh, a slave to the market, um, and they should be completely decoupled from the market. And I think finally you're starting to see people that understand it say, listen, they should not be worried about the market. The market's going to be sort of um, it's it, it, it collateral damage to some extent, but we have to get on the right path here. And they're, they're probably, I've said this on the show, so I'm sure you've heard me say it, the Fed's probably three and a half years behind the curve in terms of where rates are, and where inflation is. And you know what's funny? What's well, not funny, actually, but um, everybody thinks they're smarter than nature. Let's just put it out there that right. way. And there was right. a great HBO documentary out, I don't know, five or six years ago. It was called Chernobyl. I think it was a six-part series. If you haven't seen it, you should you know, go to Blockbuster Video this weekend and rent it. It's, it's pretty unbelievable. <laughs> he but, is in the 80s, guys. Yeah, um, I haven't left. But, you know, here's the gist of it. Um, Chernobyl, as you all probably realize, disaster. And Chernobyl started, that whole meltdown started as part of a test. And there were, you know, one o'clock in the morning that a bunch of engineers in a room, one guy was leading the charge. And in order to test uh, the reactor, they had to sort of shut it down. So they shut down the reactor, and that's according to plan. And then they start to try to bring the reactor back up, and they kept trying to bring it back up, and nothing was happening. They were not getting a reaction. So one by one, the guy running the show said, all right, take the control rods out. And the control rods are exactly that. They control the reaction. They took the control rods out until they took every control rod out, and guess what happened? The reaction they got, they couldn't control, and that's, what, that's when you had that. So it was hubris to think they could somehow control something they had no control over. And... This Federal Reserve has exactly, pretty much done that. They've taken all the control rods out, hoping to get a reaction. The reaction they were looking for is inflation. They got it, and now they can't control it. So people say, you know, you always you have this hard-on for the Fed. Yeah, you know why I do? Because they're, I won't use the F word, but there, there's an arrogance to thinking that they can control something they have zero control over. And now they're trying to put that genie back in the bottle correctly, by the way, but way too late. And think about all the people they've hurt. I'll tell you the easy, and this is a very long answer to your question. I apologize. We love but, this answer. You know, the, you know who got hurt during, the, when, you know, when interest rates go to zero and money is free, you know who gets screwed? The middle and lower class, Absolutely. 100%. The only people they that don't benefit have the that assets. are people that they own shit. They don't have the assets to leverage. That's right. That's exactly and, right. And, and you know who gets hurt? And there's a for assets. Right. And you know who gets hurt in inflation? It's, it's the same people. 
You know, yeah. the rich people will go to their cocktail parties on a Saturday night and they'll laugh about it. Aha, I paid $6 a gallon for gas. No, I paid six and a half. And it's a rounding error for them. For a lot of people, it's I got to choose to put gas in my car, feed my family. And I'm not trying to be hyperbolic, but it's true. So we, the Fed policies yeah. have created one of the biggest wealth gaps in the history, if not the biggest wealth gap in the history of our country. Think about the hysterics, what Todd just mentioned. If Volcker had a month, I believe, where he went from 15 to 20, back to 18. I mean, that is weird in itself, and probably a sign of not a great handle. But think about that, what that would do. Now, do you, there would be... Well, I, I mean, you know, you didn't have media coverage. You know, today, well, I mean, I think, I don't want to say a lion's share of the population, but I think a decent amount of people in the United States would be able to identify Jerome Powell or tell you who he was. I would say that less than 1% of the population back then had even heard of who Paul Volcker was. They couldn't pick the guy out of a lineup. It's a different world. And with, you know, the advent of 24-7 media, social media, and all that shit, I mean, it's much more pronounced now, these moves. So, yeah, I mean, if, if, if the 24-7 media coverage was around, if the focus on the market was around back then like it is now, I don't know, would it have flinched? Maybe. I, you know, I, I don't know. But he did what was right at the time. Absolutely. I, Isaiah, you have a question kind of relating yeah. to something big for us. I do. Um, so over this way, we like to look at the dollar because um, it affects our day-to-day lives. And um, when we started the dumpster talk about a year ago, it was sitting around 90, and now mm-hmm. it's at around 110. So um, back in um, 85, we were just wondering, like it went to all the way up to 164, and we we're just wondering what that would look like today and if that's uh, possible to ever happen. That's a great question, um, again, through the lens of the 1980s. You know, all every administration, I think, th- since the Truman administration, has talked about the want for a strong dollar policy, right? Strong dollar makes sense. I mean, if you think about it, it makes sense, strong dollar policy. But in reality, they want anything but. And if you think about it, Trump was the first president that I can remember that actually voiced um, the strong dollar policy not being a good thing. And why is that? Because it makes our goods less attractive. So, and when you're heavy, there's an old saying, um, if I owe you $100, I have a problem. If I owe you a million dollars, you have a problem. And yes. if you think about it, you know, there's $31 trillion debt here in this country. And the only way to get out of it is to devalue your currency. So correct. what's great about, what's interesting is a declining dollar, which is not the environment we're in now, but the declining dollar, which is the environment that we're in for quite some time, is actually a tax. You don't feel it but it's a tax. Why is that? Because you have less buying power. I mean, just think about it, right? The dollar's worth less. Um, you have less buying power. So you're being taxed without even realizing it. The dollar going up is a great thing for our citizens. It's a great thing for you. You have more. Your, your buying power is raised, right? It's a better thing for you. For businesses, however, if you're a multinational, um, it creates a bit of a headwind. And if you watch you know, I know you watch the show. I mean, you think about all the companies that have recently come out and guided lower because of currencies. And the currency yep. they're talking about is the strength of the U.S. dollar. So it's it's a fascinating conversation. Um, the fact that Trump actually pointed out that a strong dollar was not in our best interest is remarkable. He happened to be telling the truth. But, you know, they all talk a strong dollar game. But behind closed doors, 
They don't. They don't want that, and quite, they don't give a shit that it's going to hurt you and your families. They could care less about that. I mean, they're focused on what it's going to do for again corporations and for the economy. So it's I, a I fascinating on, thing. It is, and on this one, um, you don't have to be a multinational. It, copper gets without farmers and scrap dealers. You know what our export trade balance would be? Um, copper. Any kind of copper price is just hedged right to that, almost mm -hmm. pretty much a dollar index thing. So, my man, you got a question? Um, we know that you have a com commodity background. Mm -hmm. So, what do you think about copper? Um, our benchmark is at three sixty-five for September. Um, what do you think? About yeah, that's a great question. So, copper. You know, th there's this saying in my world, Doctor Copper. It's the it's the one one of the many leading indicators in terms of how the economy is doing. Like copper is a very economically sensitive commodity. I totally get it. And you, know, you look at stocks like Freeport McMoran, look about the run that that stock had, and that's a very heavily copper-based company. Um, when things were going really well, when the commodity cycle was booming back in the spring and how things fall off a cliff so precipitously, I mean, you see the price of copper. It's extraordinarily volatile. I do think, this is just my opinion, but it's shared by some people. I mean, people at Goldman Sachs uh, think this as well. I think this commodity cycle, although obviously the last four, five, six months has been difficult because I think there's, again, this fear of global slowdown. But the problem is with that argument, the global slowdown argument, you're not seeing demand destruction at all. Demand is still there. Crude oil demand is pre-2019 levels. It's not waning at all. Probably the same thing. I can't speak as intelligently about copper, but it's probably the same dynamic going on. You think about the home builders and what goes into homes and what goes into automobiles and all the things that copper has use for. It's not yeah. going away. And the, and the planet's not getting any – it's getting smaller, if anything, and more people vying for the same natural resources. At a, Listen, three, four months, can you see price declines? Yes, we've seen them. Over time – um, I think this is an extraordinarily viable commodity, and I'm, I'm not putting you in the speculator's game, but that's one of those things where if you can speculate on the price, and I'm not looking for you guys to lever your business on the back of it, but I think this is actually a pretty decent time to be betting on copper again, especially if you know this China zero COVID policy, at some point they're going to open that up, and you just think about how that's going to potentially yeah. open the floodgates as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Alex, you had a question. So, yeah, I, sadly, we're bringing it back to the Fed. Um, no, that's not sad. I mean, <laughs> fire away, Junior. All right. Um, <laughs> so we definitely, like every month when Jerome comes out and he talks about, um, talks about like what they're going to do with rates and stuff every month, um, we know that that can have like a big swing on the market, particularly mm -hmm. that day. So back in January, um, I was just looking back at it. Well, I did like a, I placed a put option on Apple, and Jerome Powell came out and was talking all tough, saying he's going to raise rates and stuff. Um, I know what your guy Carter thinks on Apple, but <laughs> so Carter kinda, annihilated Apple. Yeah, so kind of yeah. kind of know what you think on that one, but um, I was just thinking, wondering if there's any like the big speech tomorrow, if you think there's going to be any plays on that. It's a great question. Obviously, that's what we're all talking about. That's what they're going to spend today talking about i'm sure it'll come up in conversation on our show tonight and you know what are going to be you know how does it shake out you know is he is, does he sound hawkish does he sound dovish you know do, does it appear as though there's going to be some pivot in his language if you go back and look 
you know, this market really had the next leg higher when the market, in my opinion, incorrectly interpreted some of his words as dovish or the fact that, you know, maybe they were going to pause or pivot. And I think that's why you saw the market take the next leg higher. I think if you've watched, which you clearly have, I mean, they've trotted out just about every Fed official known to mankind, basically saying, hey, we got to fight. Even Neil Kashkari, who was one of the biggest doves and who completely just whiffed on this thing, has come out recently and said, you know, inflation is our primary concern. We got to get this again. We got to put this genie back in the bottle. So we'll see if they can do that. So if you're asking me which you are, I think the tone is going to be extraordinarily hawkish, correctly so. How the market will interpret that, I don't know. Given the run that it's had, my sense is you could see the market sell off a bit. But, you know, again, I've done this a long time now. You know, it's, I say it all the time on the show. If you had told me these three data points t yesterday and asked me how to play it, you know, I'd probably be wrong 50% of the time because the market has a way of humbling us all. In terms of Apple, real quick, and I'm glad you mentioned it, Everybody gets, you know, it's funny. People say Apple's been so good to me back in the 80s, to go back to the theme of this. General Electric has been so good to me. They, they, Apple doesn't give a shit about you. General Electric doesn't give a shit about you. They don't care, number one. Well, for you, people get attached. You get attached to your girlfriend, your dog, your sister, your, your parents. But don't get attached to friggin' stocks. I mean, there's no, it, 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 there should be no emotional attachment. Over the last five or six years, Apple has probably had a half dozen 30 to 45% peak to trough declines. And it just happened this year as well. And Apple's a stock that went from 129 in, I want to say mid June, I'm probably off by a couple of days, to 171. So stock rallied. 34% basically in two months, number one. Right. Coming off a quarter where they um, reported 2% year-over-year revenue growth. Worst they've seen, I think, in its history or right up there. A company with mid-single-digits EPS growth, mid-single-digits revenue growth. Yes, you're going to tell me they have cash on the balance sheet. I get it. That's always been uh, there, and the market doesn't reward them for it for whatever reason trading at 26 times next year's numbers. I mean, that's an expensive stock in this environment. And traded right up to a trend line um, in a straight line. Carter pointed it out. And, it, yeah, it went from, what, 172 down to 163? I don't know where it is now. but When yeah, Carter speaks, well, he is the most soft-spoken chart I man I have ever seen. Him and you together is amazing. Uh, it's the best. But it oh, just I break works. his balls constantly, and he's in on <laughs> I it. I bet you, know. you do. Yeah. <laughs> He is great. When he has his like sweater scene on, it, oh, it's, it's just so best. placid. I love it. Carter, by the way, is a one. Just in case anybody's curious, I mean, it, I don't know if you can tell or not, but we actually all are friends. We've known each other oh, a long can time. Tell. You can't fake that. On you really can't fake that stuff. So, um, you know, I've known these people. Like Melissa and I are like literally like brother and sister. I mean, mm, you can so, see it. And Karen too. So. Karen, tell us a little bit about the whole team because just things we might not know that you can tell us. I yeah, love well, what Karen. Do you want with to, the tell me what fields. you want to know. I'll, I'll answer anything. Tell I mean, us about him. I, something you well, wouldn't Karen, say at the steak dinner. No, so Karen, so the, well, we'll go back sort of to the beginning, not to bore the shit out of you, but. Oh, we, we love this. A lot of people wonder, like, where did Fast Money come from? And how did you, me, wind up on Fast Money? So. I'll give you, I'll try to make this quick, again, not to make your eyes glaze over, but 
I worked at Goldman Sachs for, I don't know, I think close to seven years. And okay. when I was there, there were about 6,000 people at the firm. And you have to, I think in life, you have to be somewhat self-aware. And for me, it was pretty clear that I was not going to be a partner. I was definitely not going to be the CEO. And that's what everybody sort of strives for. So you can do a couple things. You can stay and sort of, you know, grind it out, which is fine. Or you can, you know, take that piece of paper that says you work at Goldman Sachs and hope somebody pays you for it, right? I mean, lever, mm -hmm. lever it. So, okay, that's what I wound up doing. So I went to this place called CIBC World Markets, which uh, was a step down in terms of quality of people, you know, just, and that's not, I'm not trying to be an asshole. I mean, it just is what it is. Mm -hmm. So I'm at this place, CIBC World Markets. I'm there for, I don't know, maybe five or six months. And we do something called Miracle Day. That's the day towards Thanksgiving-ish where all the commissions generated that day, all the profits generated that day are given to charities, whatever charities are. And you know, a lot of sports figures come through, You know, famous people come to the trading desk, blah, blah, blah. And CNBC sent a camera crew out. They sent Bertha Coombs, who I'm sure you know, and the camera person. So they're there. And they're looking for somebody to interview. And the, the people, the guy that ran the desk didn't want to do it. And so they came to me and said, listen, you know, CNBC's here. Would you be willing to go on air? I said, yeah, I'll go. I don't care. I'll go on air with them. So I went on with Bertha and I went on Liz Clayman's show. So Liz became a friend. But it went pretty well. And the next day I got a call from Liz. She said, listen, we really enjoyed how that went. Do you think you'd be willing to come on more frequently? I said, sure. So for the next whatever, seven or eight months, I went on with Liz Clayman, and it went pretty well. Around, sort of around that time, overlapping, um, Jim Cramer's show was created. Now, there was a movie out about 20 or so years ago, maybe less. It was called Money Monster with Julia Roberts and George Clooney. Shitty movie. Jodie Foster actually was the director and producer of it. Um, wow. And, and the movie is basically loosely based on the relationship that Jim Cramer, played by George Clooney, had with this woman named Susan Krakauer, played by Julia Roberts, and that was sort of the that was sort <laughs> of the backstory. Wait a second! Did they pick? Did they cast that themselves? No, no Jim and <laughs> no, they had nothing to do with it. I mean, I'm sure they were I'm in saying, on it. Jim but, Cramer yeah. and Richard Gere. Okay. <laughs> well, George Clooney, but anyway. Yeah. Okay. Either one. Yeah. I was doing Pretty Woman. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well. But so, so, so the backstory with Susan Krakauer is CNBC brought her in somewhere in 2004 or five, and she was tasked with shaking the network up. So the first thing she did is like there was a show called Cudlow and Kramer, which you guys are too young yes. to remember, but you remember it. And I remember. That's a so good the one. first thing that Susan, so Cudlow and Kramer yeah. was a shitty show, and it was shitty because they're both brilliant, but neither one of them. They were so respectful of the other person that they didn't. Right. There was no. There was no energy to it. So Susan says. All right, Larry, look, there's a room next door, conference room. There are a bunch of people in there. They're going to create the show, The Cudlow Report. Get out of my office. And that's what he did. And, Jim, we have an idea for you. And the idea was mad money. So that show goes yep. ballistic very quick. So as the show goes into Ascension, they go to Susan and say, all right, Susan, look, that's great. What's the next show? So she had this idea. What's a trade or what they look like? How do they interact? What do they do at the end of the day? And she wanted to replicate that on the television show. So from November of 2005 
to early 2006, CNBC brought in roughly 450 people to interview, screen test, talk about a yet-to-be-named show, and I was one of the people they brought in. And, you know, they had all different permutations. A bunch of different people came in. They kept coming back to pretty much the same group of people. It was me, a guy mm-hmm. named Eric Bowling, who some of you may know, Eric. Um, Jeff Mackey, who you may or may not know from Twitter, and a guy named Tim Strazzini. And the host was Dylan Radigan. So all through, I'd say, I don't know, the spring of 2006... Fast Money was an eight-minute segment on an existing show a couple times a week called On the Money. And the producer of that show one day came walking by and he's like, what the (laughs) is this thing? And he's like, this is pretty good. So they call us, they, the network, in September of 06, calls us up on a Thursday. They got us on a conference call. They said, okay, look, Larry, who now has his own show called The Cuddler Report, is going away next week. So the 5 o'clock time slot is open. We want you guys to do it. Now, the longest I'd ever been on TV in one sitting was eight minutes. And now they just told us we're going to do an hour a day for the, fo- the following week. So yeah. suffice to say, we're shitting in my pants, right? But we figured it out, and we pulled it off, and ratings were good. And in January of 07, we got our own show called Fast Money. And yeah, here we are, as I said, almost 16 years later. You know, we're we're going strong. I'm the only original person left on the show, including producers, production people. You know, you name it. I'm the only. You must be easy to work with. So we've had. You must be easy to work with. Yeah, they all left. Me. You know, I don't. I don't know if that's a positive. Look, I'll say this. I mean, the fact is what it is. I haven't. I still haven't figured out oh, if that's a good I, thing or a bad thing. So. You can and and the but chemistry of the is. current set. I mean, it's amazing. Melissa, Karen, Dan, and Tim and Bonnell. You can see the new ones. The the more the other ones coming in who sub out and things. You got a great crew, and and it makes it real for real people like us. No other show. They, they think they're the, going to be yeah. not respected if they can't just talk. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, do I know what you mean? Yes, because one of the first things I said when it was clear we were getting a show is we don't want to dumb this down, number one, because we want to be respectful of the audience. We think people want to raise their game, but we also don't want to talk in a way that's, you know. Right inside baseball that people don't understand like nobody 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 likes to be talked down to number one and it's like everybody's trying to prove how smart they are nobody gives a shit as a matter of fact the smartest people are the ones that can make the most arcane intricate Mm -hmm. things accessible and fun so i think that's what we tried to set out to do and i I think you probably can tell cursing (laughs) notwithstanding i'm the same person on the show as I am, I mean. Oh, we love that person. This guy, this guy channels you often. He has been taunting Jay Powell for about a year. He's been making fun of transitory for a year. Love it. He was ahead of his time. So he has a question for you. Good good for you. uh, We've been been on Jerome and the fans transient nonsense for a while now, like Dan said. And we have all been feeling it with the rising gas prices and the rising food prices. And yeah, you've been saying this, setting this alarm, sounding this alarm for almost a year now as the supply chain exasperated this. 
So I just want to know, like, what's your opinion on core CPI versus total CPI? Because I feel like we can all definitely <laughs> look at that smile crack. We, we hit the jackpot. Total CPI more, and we actually have this on our board as well. Yeah, um, we yeah. have. Yeah, we have to get to our picks too yes. for this man. Yeah, but go so, ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Tell us. Oh, I love it. What is, what is that? Is that all like... Yes! Candles? There's smashed cans. cans. We'll, we'll get into all that. There's all your beer cans are in there. That's fantastic. Right on. I'm, I'm trying to live a clean life. You know, it's, it, it's, it's easy to get inflation, you know, lower if you don't measure right. it, right? I mean, it's, so, it's remarkable how, you know, so that's the answer to that question. Again, it goes back to what I said originally. If you really measured inflation with all the inputs and the things that affected people... You're talking about a you know a high teens inflation rate without question. I mean, you see it. I mean, people. My sense is, people must be like, "Who the f are you kidding?" Telling me inflation is X when I know for a fact my bills Absolutely. are twenty five to forty percent higher. Like, what am I missing? So it's all bullshit. And if they don't know it's bullshit, they're dumb. And if they do know it's bullshit, they're disingenuous. So you pick what's better. Would you rather be dumb or you'd rather be a liar? Because they're one or the other. I mean, that's yeah. just what really, I mean, it's that simple. And again, it goes back to that notion that they somehow thought they could control something that they were longing for for years. They had no control over it. It's, a, it's stupid. As a matter of fact, and I said this for years leading into it, in, they had inflation in all the wrong places. They had inflation in every place they didn't want it to be, and they just weren't measuring it. Now they got it in some of the right places, but you know, now considerably more in the wrong places and they don't know what to do. And, you know, they're going to raise rates. They got a blunt instrument object and they're going to use it. And what's going to wind up happening is it's going to slow the economy down. And then, you know, they're going to try to take their foot off the gas. And if they do that, commodity prices are going to explode. So they're going to have to put their foot. They, I mean, it's they've painted themselves in. They have done this to themselves. And people say, well, what would you have done? Well, one, I'll tell you what I would have done. And two, right. I'm not a friggin' Fed official. Like, it's not, it's like you Shakespeare fans out there, uneasy is the head that wears the crown, man. That's just the way it is. Like, I don't get paid to do that shit. They do. And people say, well, they couldn't have seen this coming. Well, that's what you get. That's what you're tasked to do. Okay? You get, you're tasked to see things that other people shouldn't see. And these are supposed to be. The brightest minds on they the planet. They can be in our dumpster. This show up. will be a success if we get an oh, by the way. I thought I had you amped. You didn't. You didn't. didn't I say yet. Just, oh, by the you way? didn't. We're looking for that. one. I had you amped, Sorry. and I thought we were pulling it out. Well, now that you we said didn't it, get I it. Can't, I, can't I do, do want to ask something on behalf of this generation. These guys are all 20 year olds. They're working all day, they're learning. They're learning this. They're trading in some ways. They're looking to build a future. My theory mm -hmm. for them and why I believe they should care so much about this is I feel the era of cheap money takes from them. Nothing but takes from them. And I'd like you to of address that does. because I think that is so unspoken and it really bothers me. And I think the young people need to know when they hear 2% interest rate, what that means, because we're not, we're not paying a bill at all. Somebody's paying for something at some point. And it, listen, I know you, and I don't want to go down this political road, because again, it's not particularly interesting, because I don't care what my politics are. But you saw what happened yesterday with, you know, basically yes. expiring $10,000 worth of college. Somebody's paying, somebody is right. paying for, there are no free rides. So 
all this stuff, you know, all this free money shit, it's been great, again, for people that own assets, people that own real estate, all those different things. It's been a panacea. But at some point, that bill's coming due. And the hope is, see, the problem in this country, what makes this country great is also the problem. You know, every four years, we elect a new president. Every however many years, new people in the House of Representatives. Like, that's great. It's The problem is, half the time is spent campaigning for things and nobody's going to campaign on well we have to take our medicine guess what you know now's the time sorry folks party's over i mean they can campaign on that they're not going to win on that right so it's not politically expedient to bring these things up and the hope is you get through your four years or eight years and this shit doesn't hit Mm -hmm. the fan and it's somebody else's problem and that's and that's been going by the way it's not just the last eight years i mean this is going back again it goes back literally to World War II if you want to really get down to brass tacks. But again, it doesn't, it's not all that interesting. What's fascinating is you know, people get on Bill Clinton. I think the only time we had a, um, we were, did not have a deficit yes, or Newt, a debt was during the, the Clinton Newt, administration. The Newt and, and Clinton really combo was so, the last surplus. Yeah. Because it can work. When, you know, when, when we have bipartisan... Um, agreements and people can reach across the aisle i mean shit can get done oh. now it's just it's just a joke i mean the whole thing is a disaster so i mean i guess to answer your question going back to the cp i mean the real numbers are a lot more significant and who's going to pay for it yeah your generation and your kids generation unfortunately unless they somehow you know unless you adhere to oh no mmt don't do mmt on us you have your google That's- machine yeah, it's a joke. The whole MMT thing. I mean, there's a there's a school of thought out there that thinks, you know what, you can do this in perpetuity. There are no ramifications for it, and I, that's not. That's, yes. No, yes. There's so work. many levels. We... You know, at some point, somebody's going. You think about it. Every every economy since the Roman Empire, um, with a fiat currency, has ended in disaster. I mean, and as recently as Venezuela, Zimbabwe. I mean. In, in pre-World War One Germany, the citizens were taking their Deutschmarks, the, the cash, you know, this shit, right? And they were putting it in their furnaces for heat because it wasn't worth anything. That's, I mean, go back and look. So if you don't think hyperinflation can happen, it happens. And, you know, currencies, you, you think about it, fiat currency is exactly that. It's, it's backed by the belief that the... the government is there for you well we're going to find out real quick and you have central banks until recently i mean you had every central bank in the world tripping over themselves correct to devalue their currency and they think about that i mean how does that work out and to a certain extent because i know this question is coming from one of you guys that's i think bitcoin was born from that from this concern that fiat currencies were running amok, and what's you know what are we going to do to combat that? And I think that's well, what Bitcoin I, I, is born we from. can't miss Carrie. Do you have your item on you? Your your special charm? Oh yes. Oh, he wants to I show do. you something. I think we have the bullhorn. Yes, do you have do a you bullhorn know, guy? Do you know about the Italian bullhorn guy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is that dude. dude. Yes. Half Italian, half Sicilian. <laughs> I mean. I mean, what, 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 uh, are you, what are you? You got I, some gay in I, you or no? I asked my grandpa last night. He's from Gasparina. So, yes, I'll, I'm kind of a mutt, but I'm like 25% Italian. So <laughs> yeah, oh, like, that doesn't count. Not the real deal, but yeah. Good. Yes, it's, he, it's a little bit. That's enough. He doesn't call it gravy. He, he doesn't do gravy. So. <laughs> that's all right. 
Listen, there are two kinds of people in the world. There are exactly. Italians and the people that want to be Italian. That's my man. That's my man. You had a question about your, one of your fun stocks. We're, we're, yeah. It's not Bitcoin, but they're close. You know uh, what it is. It's like the GameStop. You know, <laughs> GameStop had a run. I was just wondering like, yeah. how you feel about um, like them stopping like on Robinhood and stuff, the, the exchanges stopping and stop letting you yeah. sell that. Yeah. yeah, that was bad look for Robinhood. That was really bad. And, and, and it, what happens is it gives credence to this belief that the system's rigged mm-hmm. and the little guy's getting screwed over. And I totally get it. I'll say this, um, and I'm not pro or con. I don't think the playing field has ever been more level. The ability to trade for free, the amount of information you have, all the chat rooms, the free-flowing ideas and communication. So in terms of the market, I think it's democratized. Whatever you choose to acknowledge that word to mean, that's what I think. In terms of what your question is, yeah, Robinhood really screwed the pooch on that one. And it pisses people off. And you'd be like, yeah, see that? The little guy's getting screwed again, and I understand. I think if we're all being honest, um, companies like GameStop and AMC, I mean, the business, the fundamentals behind the businesses are broken. I mean, in the best of times for AMC, which is probably 2016 or so, it was a failing business then. And things haven't gotten better. They've gotten worse. But what I think a few people understood is, wait a second. We can use the power of the crowd. I mean, it's Roman Empire shit, right? You get the crowd behind you, you control everything. So if you can get the crowd behind you, um, you're going to control the narrative. And that's exactly what happened, I think, with these meme stocks. So I don't know who started it, and you know, but some savvy person said, wait a second, I can start something. I can start some sort of, not rumor, but I can put some morsels out there. And it's going to catch fire and it's become viral yep. and then the crowd's going to do the work for me. So this is, you know, this is shit went on in the 80s, except the difference back then was it was it's happening at restaurants. Now it's happening in the virtual world, right? It's happening online. So nothing's really changed. People have figured it out. Um, I think a lot of small investors made a lot of money, but I think... Really, if you think about what was driving it, I guarantee you, and I don't know this for a fact, but I'm willing to bet that there are a lot of hedge funds out yes. there that hired people to infiltrate these. Oh, they're in the they're in the bets. They're in the so bets the rooms. That really they, they were telling me everything. yes, you're right. They yeah. were definitely hired. They had to have been. Yeah, they had to have been. Make, that, listen, if I were running mm-hmm. a hedge fund, I'd probably do similar. You know, within the confines of the law. I mean, but that that was completely going. That's probably going on now. And the thing that infuriates me, not it it doesn't it upsets me. I think there's this misguided belief amongst some of the Reddit crowd, Wall Street bets crowd is as long as I hold on to my stock. Right. It it has to go higher. And that's just patently false. And, you know, there's this belief that, you know, the shorts are still out there waiting to cover. And, you know, yeah. But look at the volume that trade, you know, look at the volume that traded at the height of the GameStop and AMC. The amount of shorts out there, the volume covered, you know, two or three times the amount of shorts are out. So shorts, my point is, shorts had every opportunity to cover. So the story, the fundamental story to own these stocks is not necessarily there's going to be a short covering rally because that played itself out a long time ago. So I think sometimes... 
again, I think a lot of people get mad at me. I see it on Twitter. No. Like, I can't believe you're siding with the man. It's like, no, I'm, no, I'm not. Just get over yourself. I'm trying to point out the absurdity Absolutely. of some of this stuff. You know, it's funny. It's if you don't, if you, a lot of times, if you don't tell people what they want to hear, um, man. Oh, it's it amazing is. And you're, of concerned. anyone, man of the people. I mean, come on. That's you. Why don't you show and tell, Mr. Giants? This. So, well, I, try, I mean, it, yeah. it's, I mean, you know, what's interesting is I'd like to think that's true. I'm yes. not trying to screw over. I mean, you're trying to help people. You know, it's funny as no. if you're bearish, you're somehow un-American. No, actually, I would submit you, you, that's, the, that's the quintessential American. You're trying to point out some of the things that can go wrong. I mean, it's, it's not un-American. No, and you're communicating in a way that reaches people. That's the difference. You're guy from Morristown. That's what you are. This guy wants... He has his little yeah. safe I heard you on. Are, I heard you were a fellow Giants fan, so I'm i I'm a Penn State fan, so Oh, the whole it's that fan. you have to educate us on the whole why is it Giant Yankee Ranger? Why are these cla- and then Net Jet Yes Giant Yankee Ranger <laughs> And they're all four yeah, letter words, right? So we so so here's the so here's the arrogance behind that. There's you know, those fans, which I am one of, by the way, you know, we hold ourselves to a certain standard. And this is going to sound like what an asshole, but it happens to be true. I w- and Jet Met and, and Islander and whatever fans, I mean, they tend to be, you know, <laughs> flushing from a different cloth. Let's put it that way. And, you know, that's just so. And I, you know, it's funny. I could give a shit about the Jets, you know, for years. They were they were insignificant until Rex Ryan got hired, and he came in all piss and vinegar, a lot of arrogance, and you know, this <laughs> like, You know what, Rex? Fuck you. No, it's not. So now I got a total hard on for the Jets. I heard on too. a uh, podcast. And they practice, by the way, oh. in Florham Park, which is the next town over for me. So we see. I heard on a yeah, podcast that you have really high time. hopes for um, the Giants' offensive line, and. I do. Absolutely. Why? You want to push back? No, on I this agree. One, I'm a Giants Because I'll tell you right now. He's a Giants fan. A you, called him a wide, you called him a cornerback, which I oh, love. Man. His ego yeah. took 10 notches down. This chain, this chain is going to strangle wide. him. I was an offensive guard. Yeah, there yeah. you go. And defensive tackle, guard? but I like the compliment. I appreciate that. I like that. No, you looked, I don't know, you looked sort of, <laughs> yeah. you had that cornerback look to you. So, <laughs> that was not derogatory in any way. No, look, I think Shane Lemieux, who's hurt again, I think that kid's a masher, man. He's nasty as a son of a bitch. Gates was a player who had a devastating leg injury. I think if he comes back, um, he could be something. And the tackles, I mean, these are two guys that can play in the league for the next 12 years between Thomas and Neal. Um, so you have the makings of one of the top five. Do you still believe that Daniel Jones is the best athlete on the team? That's weird, isn't it? Yes. Isn't that weird for a quarterback? hundred percent. He is, he is athletic as hell. I mean, people don't realize, man, he is a freak athlete. Go back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Can you guys still see me by the way? Sorry. Cause it says something about live video will return. It might be your end. Anyway. Uh, he, you go back and li- listen to what the Duke guys were saying about him. He's a freak athlete. I mean, he doesn't look like it because, you know, he's whiter than I am, and he looks like sort of, you know, Ron Howard from Happy Days. But don't let this looks fool you, man. That kid, he's he's got a lot of sh- He's strong as hell. He's fast as hell. Wow. He's in, he's we got really some categories. Alex is going to walk you through. We made some picks. He's going to ask you your four picks. And then this is all for 
by the September Fed meeting? What you think? Go ahead, buddy. So yeah, we got the U.S. dollar index. So right now we're sitting at like 108.5. We have our um, our benchmark at 110. So we have that one for you. You think that's going higher or lower? All right, I'd say, okay, so let's answer them in order. I'd say I'm, I'm taking the over there because I think the rhetoric is going to be more hawkish. I think energy, I think commodity prices are going to start to run. Um, I think Europe is in such a mess that they may have to start thinking about uh, potentially being more accommodative, and I think that's all going to be extraordinarily supportive of the dollar. I love so it. I say right. over CPI. So we got the, um, I'm playing the CPI. We have our benchmark at eight percent. So the real, the real inflation, not this coronad. Now the one that you're going to see Steve Leesman talk about. I, I still think, you know, it's interesting. You might get a sub eight number, but I think that's going to start trending yeah. higher. I'm not trying to be wishy washy here. That's a tough one. If you if you if you're asking me to say okay. I'd stay All right. north of eight, we might know for the next two. But copper, we have our benchmark, like Gil said, at three sixty five. So, I don't know. What do you think about that one? I love it. We hope. Higher. I mean, th th this all, it's all, I'm, no, and I'm, this, I'm not trying to, to butter you guys up, but I think there's going to be, I think if you look at a lot of these commodity charts, you had, you had huge, um, big runs in the spring. They all basically gave it all back, and I think they've all started to base again and are starting to turn. Um, and look at, Again, not that nat gas is any indicator of copper, but you know, look at the move in natural gas. So you start to play it through. Again, there's going to be a hoarding of commodities. I mean, and this is going to go on globally. And copper is at the head of that list. So despite the fact that global economies are slowing, you're not. To my earlier point, I don't think you're seeing a slowdown Absolutely. in demand. So this is the big one. And when I'm wrong, by the way, oh, we'll have fun with you. What's the, the, the big one for you is you, I'm a Broncos fan. I still believe the 86 Super Bowl, which was 10 to 7 in the second quarter, before, before well, it was At 10 7. Time. Then they missed the instant replay, which would have avoided the safety. You know, I, I saw that. That, uh, oh, yeah. So you're an Elway guy. George Martin had a big game. I mean, Lawrence Taylor, by the way, was the best. Ever. He's the best football we player agree. in the history of football. Full stop. It's, it's LT. And, yep. I mean, forget about the shit off the field. What he did, I've never seen. Now, you think about it. You know, he came in in the 80s. And in the 80s, is I mean, now I'm like in my teens, 20s. And you saw this guy nope. and you're like, you'd never seen anything like that before. I mean, he transform the game fundamentally changed Absolutely. because the of speed Lawrence and aggression Taylor, was without nuts. question we're, we're going with russell oh. wilson or daniel jones week one fantasy who's gonna have a better one because you guys are at tennessee denver is at seattle which is could be ugly for his return daniel jones for sure yeah <laughs> oh, it's gonna be ugly for his return you, you, you know you think about Look at the look at what Daniel Jones has to work with now. Galladay is going to be a player for him, I think. I think you got you got Smith Shepard uh, Shepard Smith, not Shepard Smith Shepard. I can't think of his name. Sterling Shepard is back, I think. Um, hopefully, week one. And Barkley's got a chip on his shoulder. Um, so when you have a running game, and you guys know this, I mean, if you can run the football, you can throw the football. So you guys, I think Daniel Jones. 
I think people are going to be surprised. I think people are going to be guys surprised are... by him this year. I'm telling you. You know, when I was a kid, quarterbacks took yep. five, six, seven years to develop. They didn't put, you know, now everybody wants them to be <laughs> fucking Kenny Stabler in week one. It I just love does, it. It doesn't happen. You guys you know, are you the weirdest franchise. Time. You'll go from 3-13 and 13 to Super Bowl, back to 5-11. and 11. All right, so let me ask you this. What, what's, that's a great point, by the way, and I don't know the answer to this, but I'll ask you guys. So as a Giant fan, you're right. You win the Super Bowl, you're out of the playoff. You win the, and now we've been out of the playoffs have been a, a pipe dream now for what six seven years. But is it better to yes. win a couple of Super Bowls and then suck for a decade? Why don't you ask the Steeler fans who don't have enough room on their fingers? Why don't you ask them? Yeah. <laughs> I'll take a couple of Super Bowls and then some hard years. Yeah, I'm feeling a Super Bowl here coming up soon. Like yeah. nine and seven right. and a first round road playoff loss does not. Mean anything? But it's special to see My Big Eagles Ben out there one last time in the playoff game. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> Aaron, I know, guy. I'm gonna miss him. It's it's torture. Now look, I mean the Steelers. You think about the Steelers franchise. By the way, the the I, I, you may know this, but there's a huge relationship between sure. Steeler ownership and Giant ownership. <laughs> they all marry each other. So the Rooney family, the Mara family. As a matter of fact, the actress Rooney Mara, who you may have heard oh, of, God. she's named after. Wow. They Rooney just want to be Italian. Those Irish. <laughs> we know. Well, <laughs> we know. Well, that's believe me. Hey, okay, so a that. couple more questions we definitely need to know from you. I have to ask you, what is your 80s anthem? Because to me, all I hear from you is White Snake, which is such an odd choice. Although, here I go. That is a great song. But what's your 80s anthem? And then again. second, what, what song did you dance to at your wedding? Maybe it's one of them. Uh, so I'll, I'll answer that first. The Wall oh, Tonight Frank by Frank Oh, that is classic. So that was our wedding song. We just had our 25-year anniversary. <laughs> I knew that, which is good. Uh, the eight, the, my anthem, like, I think Layla is... Um, you know, it, it's always in the top five, but Layla to me is an anthem. It's a great song. But Bohemian Rhapsody, I mean, say what you want. I think one of the, maybe the best front men in the history of rock and roll is Freddie Mercury. The guy's a freaking genius. So, you know, I'll throw some Queen your way. People would say Freebird. It's not even in my top 10 Skinner songs. As a matter of fact, it might not be in my top 15 Skinner songs. Um, Born to Run by Bruce is not huh. my top 15 Bruce songs. I can name a song like. Thunder Road or Backstreets. This one's an old answer. soul. He is. He correct. plays Billy Joel all the time. Yeah, what's your opinions on Billy Joel? He's my, he's my favorite, I think. Well, you should come out to New York because I think he's been at Madison Square Garden, I think, 72 times. I wow. think he just had a show the other night. I mean, he's quintessential New York. You know, guy from Queens or Long Island. I mean, he's always around. You know, I'm not a – I'm a fan of his talent. But he's also written some of the shittiest songs yeah. in the history. Of <laughs> Could you movie. rattle some off? You know, we that, that <laughs> we didn't we didn't start the fire. Is I can't. I yes, guy, it's a, oh my God. it's, it it's constant. This is all we hear, and these are like twenty-year-old guys listening to God knows what. He's driving in the car with them, playing this on his aux. You got to. Good for you. This should, you should you want to get it? I don't know if you can. I don't know how to do this, but. Guy's oh. first playlist on Spotify. I think the account is GC. Oh, 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 oh this is going to be education. our background for all our stuff. I love it. 
I love that. Wow, this has been awesome. Guy, we can't thank you enough. This has been. Now, fellas, and let me just say this, guys, you're part of, and I, obviously I can't speak intelligently about the company, but the fact that you're doing this and do this on a consistent basis, you're part of something, you know, and you should feel as if your voice matters. And if you think you can improve the business or you, if you have ideas, you should feel free to bring those ideas up. I mean, and have conversations if they're difficult conversations or easy conversations. That's how businesses grow. And, you know, you're not just punching a clock. You know, you're part of something. Now, I'm sure you all aspire to do things. And that's, but right now, you're part of something. And together, you can do great things. And the fact that you do things like this to me, um, it, uh, inspiring is probably too hyperbolic, so I don't want to. But it makes me happy to know that, you know, there's, there's still groups out there that are trying to help the, help the organization, maybe learn a little bit, have a little bit of fun. And it, the camaraderie is really important. So I, I think it's wonderful. And I'm we are so grateful. And so I don't know you. if you've ever been to a scrapyard being a, a card carrying Italian. I have. As a matter of fact, one of the wealthiest Gershals. people on Long Island. Is it the Gershals? name off the top Kevin of Gershowitz. We, yeah, we're friends with them. They be, are, they just be, put up a massive facility addition. Yeah, they're wonderful it, people. Crushing it. Crushing. He has one of the biggest boats out in Montauk. Yeah. I mean, the guys, a, yeah. So don't, I mean, you know, if, let me just say this before I get out because I got to do a one o'clock show. But if anybody ever gives you shit about, oh, you're in the crap, don't go fuck themselves. No, I'm serious. You know, I mean, yeah. You know, it's, you can, you can, you can succeed in this country doing anything. So you don't. And the fact, again, I mean, think about the questions you asked. I'll put you oh, guys buddy. up against anybody. Thank you. So, Open invite anyway. to us anytime, guy. Thank you. Thanks anytime. Coming, man. I appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of the day. Enjoy the season. And when I'm wrong on all the answers. You're never wrong. Game, we will call, call Guy from Morristown. We'll figure it out. Thank you. Thanks, Thank you. Guy. Have a great one. Thanks, Thanks everyone.